What's up, Kentucky Hikers? It's Media Mike here with your Kentucky Hiker Project podcast for Thursday, August 18th, 2022. And next week, with a little bit of luck, I think I'll be checking in with normal BMI Mike. And so I think that uh, 16 ounces, one pound, it separates me from normal BMI. And with a little more consistency over the course of the next week, I should be able to get there. And so I'm actually putting in some work and feeling pretty good about that, especially after erasing, you know, working hard to erase a lot of uh, ice cream, milkshakes, Dairy Queen blizzards, Cherry Cordial Little Debbies, and all kinds of other stuff that LaFonda brings into the house because she has a sweet tooth. Anyway, so this episode is benefiting Kentucky Natural Lands Trust, a nonprofit organization whose mission it is to expand our public lands. And we're going to help them out with a thousand bucks so they can add another acre for the good guys. That's us. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about the Coppers Creek Nine Arch Tour that I did last week, route finding when you're on user trails, and the second principle of Leave No Trace, which is travel and camp on durable surfaces, emphasis on the travel part. Um, so we'll get straight to the hiking. Uh, Coppers Creek, uh, it's home to nine different arches um, inside of the canyon walls there. And I put that up on the website with a very stern warning, all in bold with large letters. And it says, and I quote, warning. This trail is on unmarked, unmaintained trails. Portions of this hike are on poorly defined user trails with unstable soil and rock and a risky crawl. Getting lost is possible even for experienced hikers. No cell service is available in this canyon and GPS is far from accurate. Inexperienced off-trail hikers should not attempt this hike. So that's the warning and I do say that uh, I, I give a number of different warnings throughout the uh, webpage here. But uh, for arch hunters, this is the gem of a hike. You're going to love it. Um, for most other hikers, casual hikers, um, sometimes hikers, it's, it'll be kind of a miserable experience. The terrain is difficult, there's scrambling involved, and the route finding is challenging to say the least um, on one of these spurs, which is uh, out to snow and double deer arch. So the Coppers Creek area, the nine arches included there are Hopewell Arch, Copperas Arches, numbers one through four, Snow Arch, Double Deer Arch, and then Sandy Arch and Window. And so those are all of the nine arches that are on this route. Um, in addition, there were two waterfalls that I visited. There's Copperas Falls, which of course is well known. And then the much lesser known and much smaller flowing uh, Big Trickle Falls. And so it was trickling away uh, when I visited. A little bit more uh, water than what it normally has. Um, so it had rained a little bit before I got there. Uh, the night before. And so there was a little bit of flow coming out of that. Um, but for me, this was a phenomenal hike. Um, I definitely love uh, physically challenging hikes, route finding. Um, whenever that's difficult, that's always interesting. Um, and then there were plenty of rhododendron along the way as well. So all of these spurs do have user trails out to them. Um, but just like Copperas Creek, there are uh, spaghetti trails that have formed um, you know, all through the creek. And then when you're heading up to the most difficult uh, navigation part, which is Double Deer and Snow Arch, um, that trail is actually difficult to find uh, coming off of the creek. And then there is also a trail to nowhere that takes a high route. And so uh, make sure that you read through the post online um, so you can get a few navigation tips there as well. Uh, in total, uh, this was five and a half miles is what I clocked on my GPS. Um, GPS, of course, in Copperas Creek Canyon in that little uh, part of the gorge is uh, not accurate uh, by any stretch of the imagination, um, but it's a simple out and back route along the creek. You add in the spurs and really that's just about figuring out where to turn off of the main trail. 
Um, elevation gain, I had it clocked in at 866 feet. And overall difficulty, I put it as strenuous with scrambles and difficult route finding. Um, I did list a number of GPS waypoints, which include the trailhead, each of the arches, uh, the waterfalls, and then also where you should turn um, in order to find each of those different side trails uh, that go up the steep, uh, you know, the steep slope to reach the arches. So I also included a GPX and KML file. Uh, the GPX is something you can load into whatever map app you prefer. The KML file is great for Google Maps if you're creating a master map um, using Google Maps uh, or Google Earth. So parking-wise, uh, Copperas is usually packed and stacked on the weekends. I typically avoid that area altogether on the weekends just because it's, it can be really challenging to try to find a parking space. But I visited on a Wednesday morning and there was really no one there. There were a couple of cars, um, I believe people that may have been camping out there. And along the um, hike, I didn't see an, a single other hiker. There was no one out there, which was great. Saw a couple of people as I was coming off who were just getting started with their hike. And so um, it's always good to get there early whenever you can. <clears throat> Under the trail navigation section on the website, um, I emphasize again that uh, long experienced off-trail hikers really are the only people that should really try all of these uh, spurs um, and give a d number of different tips. And so you just kind of have to read through it and uh, do it, you know, kind of make notes on your own in order to make sure that you can execute this properly without getting lost or and to do it safely um, so you don't have a, a search and rescue operation to come find you. Anyway, um, I did make a couple of notes. It is definitely better to hike this when, it is, when it's been dry. Um, over the course of the last few weeks, of course, things have been pretty wet. Um, it rained a little bit just to create some, you know, just nasty humidity and that kind of stuff. Um, it did fill up uh, the falls a little bit, and so, uh, so Copper's Falls was flowing nicely. Um, but if you can hike this in dry uh, weather, it is ideal to do so, and it's mainly because it helps with your footing. So instead of having slick, muddy, you know, type ground underneath your feet, uh, having dry dirt is, is a much better deal. I also listed each of the spurs, so you can think of it as, you know, you've got the main trail and then there are four spurs that come off of this that go up, um, uh, you know, steep slopes. And so I listed it from easiest to hardest. The easiest part, um, the easiest spur is Sandy Arch, and then that's followed by Copperas and then Hopewell. And then the hardest by far um, out of the four is Snow and Double Deer Arch. Uh, mainly because of the difficult route finding. And just a reminder, if you've never been out to Hopewell Arch, there is a scramble involved there. Um, definitely an advantage if you are taller so that you can get up the rocks a little bit easier. And then right before you uh, make it uh, directly below the arch there, um, there's a dicey, like really dicey little uh, patch there on the transition from, uh, you know, going from, you know, the scramble and then finishing it up uh, so that you get to the, <clears throat> the plateau there. Um, underneath Hopewell Arch. Um, I put another note here for snow and double deer arches. Um, there is a high route and so typically when you go off trail um, to go arch hunting and that kind of stuff, usually the user trail that you're going to find is going to be the direct route and so it'll, it'll typically go just kind of straight up towards it and that's mainly because there hasn't been any uh, official trail development um, you know, or anything of that nature. It's just, you know, just your average hiker is going up there and trying to find something. So typically, uh, most folks take the direct path. On this particular spur, there is a high route that essentially goes to nowhere. Um, it it kind of dead ends at a uh, at an area that looks like it had, you know, just a minor washout or landslide. 
And so just skip that and uh, you'll see it in the notes and then essentially just follow the creek. So if you do this hike, guaranteed your feet are going to be soaked. Um, there's really no use in having waterproof shoes or boots because when I hiked it, uh, water was shin deep. And um, so it really doesn't matter. Just plan on having your feet wet and just go from there. Um, and of course, anytime you're in the gorge, there's plenty of deadly drops. So just make sure you're careful of that. On the um, final approach to Double Deer Arch, there is a spot where you have to crawl on all fours. Um, I definitely recommend taking your backpack off so that you don't wind up hitting that on an obstruction on the rock above you and knocking you over the cliff. Um, so just make sure you don't do that. But anyway, I mean, it is a beautiful hike. The arches are absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, I really enjoyed the geometry uh, on display at uh, Snow and Double Deer Arches. Uh, Snow Arch has a window there and so I took a picture and it kind of looks like you know like a phantom from phantom of the opera type uh, shot uh, but with sandstone instead so it's really neat so as far as the hike goes you can go and you can just do Coppers Falls and that's great uh, if you do Coppers Falls plus maybe Sandy Arch that's great too um, you can even add in the Coppers Arch complex which has four different arches and all of the and all of that uh, doesn't involve much in the way of scrambling other than some really steep slope on soil and so if it's wet, you know, you can, it can be pretty slick. So just, you know, be careful so you don't slip and fall. And then uh, the two uh, spurs that have uh, a little bit more challenge, um, Hopewell Arch requires a, a small scramble there toward the end. I recall there was someone over the winter um, that had to be rescued from there. They had taken a fall, uh, which I believe it was during some icy conditions. And so just uh, make sure that you're extra careful and never be afraid to just turn around. You know, I've turned around on uh, going out to different objectives um, over the years, and so it's, there's no harm, no foul in doing that. Um, so that's pretty much the, the hike. I thought it was uh, phenomenal. Um, the Snow and Double Deer Arch uh, Spur was the most enjoyable for me because there was some challenging route finding um, you know, to be had there. There were a number of different spots where you know, it's kind of an option route and you had to choose which way to go. Um, there, one way is the right way, the other way leads to nowhere. And so when you are out there arch hunting or off trail in general, um, you're going to have those moments where you will have to backtrack, uh, which I certainly did on the high route. And then, um, you know, basically have to go back and just kind of figure out where that next part of trail might be. All right. So uh, we're going to move on to the skill segment, which is, um, you know, route finding when you're on user trails. So typically there's kind of four different things that are going on with uh, hiking user trails. Uh, one is you want to reach the objective. Two, you want to do it safely. Um, three, you want to have uh, you want to travel on durable surfaces so that future hikers will be able to do the same and experience uh, those locations as well. And four, uh, it's it's best to tread lightly on the landscape, flora in particular. Um, I can tell you that having you know revisited this area uh, for the first time, I think this year, I kind of go back every year or so. Um, just to kind of hike this this little canyon and I can tell you that um, quite a bit of damage to the vegetation has been done over the course of that time and so that's generally from people who are hiking in slick conditions or with poor footwear um, or without hiking poles who are unable to um, you know basically get up and down these steep sections without having to pull on some vegetation and so um, ideally what you want to do when you're going off trail is not to put your full body weight on any type of tree, especially young trees uh, or rhododendron, because those are important to stabilize the soil. Um, over a long enough period of time, 
if you have enough people damage the vegetation, then it just becomes devoid of any type of stabilizing uh, you know, effect. And then you just wind up having everything washed downhill and then it, until it gets down to the bedrock. You, if you want to see something like this, you can actually go out to Cloud Splitter um, in Red River Gorge and you can just hike up that. And there are sections of that trail, which is also a direct ascent with no switchbacks whatsoever or erosion maintenance uh, or e erosion management um, you know, on the trail. And there are sections there straight down to bedrock and you can see the depth of the soil. You know, it's one to two feet deep. And so it doesn't take that long for soil to erode down a hill. And so just try to keep the vegetation alive while you're there. So just getting back to route finding. So reaching the objective, thanks to modern GPS, uh, you no longer have to map the, you know, degrees, hours, minutes, and seconds, uh, you know, on a paper map, you can just plug it into your phone and you can generally get there. Um, with the off, you know, offline maps features that are available through various apps, um, it makes things pretty easy. And so as long as you plug in the GPS waypoints um, to your offline map and then go out there and hike, uh, typically you will know at least what general direction you're going to have to go in order to reach your objective. Uh, the safety piece of this is that while you may have a direct uh, you know, line on your phone, there's a lot of terrain in between you and wherever you're going. And so uh, trying to find the safest path possible to get there is also very, very important, especially when you're in an area like Copperas Creek where there is no phone service and there's not going to be anybody else out there um, you know, coming across you on the path. Uh, trust me, if you wind up in bad shape out there, you hurt yourself or whatever, you're not going to be able to call for help and no one's going to hear your voice. Okay. And so the main thing is um, when you are out off trail and using these user trails, just because you see a user trail there, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the safest option. And so just always be aware of that and uh, really just do the best you can in order to, to basically travel as safely as possible over what, what is typically some pretty rough terrain. Um, on the durability part, you know, I was talking about the erosion factor and that kind of stuff. And so um, while these use the direct approach, which oftentimes goes up, you know, very steep slopes, even when, uh, you know, let's say 10 paces to the side of that exists a much easier and safer route. Um, not only does that, you know, kind of uh, create a safety issue by going directly up, it also creates an erosion issue. And so whenever possible, if there is a switchback available, uh, please take it and do not shortcut it um, because that just results in additional erosion. So. Um, but, you know, and this is just a personal pet peeve of mine is when you go out off trail and then you just see uprooted rhododendron uh, or young trees and that kind of stuff or broken um, young trees. And so, you know, when you are traveling up steep slope, um, it makes sense that you would need something to hold on to in order to add a little bit more oomph to get uphill or a little uh, bit of a safety break when you're going downhill. Um, that can also be achieved through sidestepping, by having better footwear, and by having uh, trekking poles. Uh, I use trekking poles quite often when I'm off trail, and that serves a number of purposes beyond just whacking spiders out of your way. Um, it can also serve to uh, help move some rhododendron limbs out of the way, uh, but also I use it in order to basically just stab down uh, into the ground and just uh, use that in order to sidestep and then plant my foot against it. Um, so that that way it just keeps the soil intact. So instead of, 
you know, um, having your foot slide downhill and moving a bunch of soil, uh, you can actually use your hiking pole as a bit of an anchor out there um, in order to give you a little bit more stability. So ultimately, you know, steep is steep and, you know, you're going to have some challenges with that. Uh, but for me, I always like to have those hiking poles. It really does help quite a bit. Uh, the steeper the slope, uh, the more useful they become. You can also use it as kind of a bar across a couple of different uh, rhododendron, um, you know, stumps, so to speak, uh, in order to kind of use that uh, for additional um, support. So anyway, um, so that's it for the skill segment. Route finding on user trails, it is an art. It is something that requires a great deal of experience. Um, there are a thousand little things that you can pick up on, everything from the firmness of the ground um, to uh, finding, you know, kind of spaces in between vegetation, understanding where to move through rhododendrons so as not to get hung up. Um, there are just so many different things. And so on this hike in particular, if you want to try to visit some of these um, arches, uh, it's ideal to go with someone who has been there before or at least someone who is very experienced uh, on these user trails and has encountered plenty of difficulties. Okay. All right. Now the leave no trace segment, it's principle number two, which is traveling camp on durable surface, surfaces. And um, I'm just going to quote this from the leave no trace center website. And so it says, quote, concentrating travel on trails reduces the likelihood that multiple routes will develop and scar the landscape. It is better to have one well-designed route than many poorly chosen paths. Trail use is recommended whenever, is po whenever it's possible. Encourage travelers to stay within the width of the trail and not shortcut sw uh, switchbacks. So, you know, so this is just kind of what I've been talking about. Um, and, you know, when you have these user trails, the big difficulty is that you can have a whole lot of different routes uh, to the same place. So uh, years ago, Hopewell Arch was published in uh, Backpacker magazine, and then they uh, reached out and sent a backlink to the website. And so on that, um, once I got the backlink, you know, and they said they were going to use it, um, I went in and updated a lot of the uh, trail navigation in the hopes that uh, people would continue to travel the same trail. And to my delight, um, this is, you know, a few years down the road, um, the trail to Hopewell Arch is pretty well established at this point. Um, there is a singular route uh, in order to get up there that is very well defined. It is narrow, single uh, track trail with the exception of the small uh, logging road that you travel just for a minute. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, that's kind of the goal. And that's part of uh, what I, part of why I post some of this stuff on the project. So essentially, um, if there is an off-trail destination that is going to be popular, that a lot of people are going to try to reach, then I will tip, you know, it's already, typically it's already on YouTube, it's already on Instagram, Facebook. Um, God only knows how, what goes on inside of some of these Facebook groups, because uh, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, off-trail destinations that are circulating around there privately. Um, but, you know, ultimately what I, what I would like to see is whenever there is a user trail, just to make it a single track trail. Um, unfortunately, Copperas Creek is not that. It is actually the antithesis of that. Uh, th that is a bona fide spaghetti trail. I like to call them zoo trails because it looks like you just let all the animals out of the zoo and they just kind of went their own path. And so at any given time on Copperas Creek, you may have um, four, five, <clears throat> maybe even six uh, different trails that are all going to the same spot. And so that's one of those things that um, 
would be ideal to try to avoid. So generally speaking, uh, if you are traveling off trail and there is a user trail there, um, stick to the same user trail. If there is a section that is particularly dangerous and there is an alternate route around it, then please take the alternate route, okay? Um, the typically, uh, and I think I'm seeing this more at Skyview Arch in Red River Gorge as well, um, there's one section that's essentially been eroded out just from uh, people sliding with their feet and their bodies uh, downhill. And so, you know, on that particular spot, there isn't a safer route. There isn't a better route. It's just, it's either that or nothing. Um, with each of these here um, in Copper's Creek, you know, there are other route options available, but the ones that are established are for the most part safe um, with just two exceptions on the route up to snow and double deer arches. If you hike this, you will see and know exactly uh, the spots I'm talking about. So anyway, so traveling camp on durable surfaces, you know, the traveling on durable surfaces, if there is no official trail that's been packed down and properly managed for erosion control, drainage, and all of the other stuff, um, stick to the user trail that's already there. That way, it also helps to keep uh, other hikers that follow you from getting lost. So the more route options there are, uh, the higher the chance of getting lost out there. And nobody really wants to get lost. I know I don't. Um, it's certainly not fun. So anyway, so uh, just a quick fundraising update. The total donated to Kentucky Natural Lands Trust now stands at $160. And so that's 16% to goal. And so slowly but surely, we are making progress. And uh, that always feels good. So slow and steady, kind of like my weight loss. Anyway, so this has been the Kentucky Hiker Project podcast. And if you'd like to sponsor an episode, submit an ad, or give a shout out to one of your fellow hikers, go to the podcast page at kentuckyhiker.org podcast and hit the sponsor an episode link. I can write the ad copy or you can do it yourself. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about Pine Mountain. I'm migrating a bunch of that content over right now. And so, um, so we'll start to kind of unpack all of the opportunities for hiking that are just two hours drive past the gorge. Anyway, thanks so much for listening and enjoy your next hike.